Wonderful, uh, wonderful gift. Someone on Facebook said, those are anointed hands. And so uh, I concur. Those are wonderfully gifted hands. And thank you for blessing our community. And for those of you watching online, feel free to show Tyler some love in the chat section as well. That was a wonderful, wonderful gift. Uh, We are starting a new series, friends, on the book of Proverbs to begin 2022. Happy New Year. And I can't think of a better way to start off the new year than to focus on this important book in the Bible. When people think about the new year, it's an opportunity to refocus, an opportunity to reimagine what can be the the future, some possibilities. People want to live healthy lives, which, which is why many people attend church at the beginning of the year, trying to turn over a new spiritual leaf, so to speak, And so Proverbs gives us an opportunity to grow in wisdom, to live skillfully in this world for the sake of others and in worship to God. And so for the first five weeks of this year, we're focusing on what it means to become wise, becoming wise in our world. Uh, When we think about New Year's resolutions, wisdom is not necessarily high on the list, but this is exactly what we need for the sake of our lives with God and our lives in this world. Now, for those of you who are watching over the next 30 days, uh, you know, the new year started yesterday. We're going to be reading the book of Proverbs together as a community. There are 31 days in January. There are 31 Proverbs, 31 chapters in Proverbs. Just wonderful, wonderful. And so you can sign up. There should be a link on newlife.nyc, on our YouTube page, on Facebook. We get an email every week where you can sign up for kind of a community uh, proverb study. Uh, and so Pastor Sharon will have more information there. Feel free to follow her as well on social media. But let's all read one chapter a day of the book of Proverbs meditatively, contempt- contemplatively as a community together. And what I want to encourage you to do today, you know, we're meeting virtually today. My prayer is that in the uh, near future, we'll be able to gather again in, in person and in worship. Obviously, what's happening in our city with the new variant has thrown a wrench into a lot of things here. Uh, but while you're watching, what I want to encourage you to do is get a pen and paper handy so you could focus and listen to what the Lord is speaking to you. And at the same time, while you're up there, get yourself a piece of bread and some grape juice or wine if you have some or whatever you have because we're going to share communion at the end of our time. But we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 2 today and we're focusing on the, what it means to search for wisdom. The wisdom of searching for wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2 beginning at verse number 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Solomon writes, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord." Let us pray. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts that we would receive every gift you have for us this day. May we become wise and may we do it in the power of your spirit. We pray these things in Christ's name and everyone said, amen. When we think about wise people, there are certain images that come to mind, certain people that come to mind, at least for me, when I think about wise people, uh, various characters from books I've read or movies I've seen come to mind. For example, I think about this green wise fellow named Yoda when I think about wisdom. 
Yoda is one of the wise people in the world. I think about someone like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, someone who has great, great wisdom. I think about Dumbledore from Harry Potter, someone who has great uh, wisdom. When we, have, when we think about wisdom, we have lots of people that come to mind. And often it's the case that in order to be wise, you have to be old. In order to be wise, you have to be gray. In order to be wise, you have to have some kind of walking stick. You have to talk backwards. That's what makes you wise. But what we're going to find out in the scriptures is that you don't need all those things to become wise. What if it was possible for teenagers to become wise? What if it was possible for young adults to become wise? What if it was possible for anyone, regardless of your educational background, regardless of where you're from, what if it was possible to become wise? And what the book of Proverbs lets us know is this. No matter who you are, you can become wise. The truth of the matter is, Age is no guarantee for wisdom. You and I know people who are advanced in age, but not advanced in wisdom. The truth is that education and intelligence does not automatically equate wisdom. I know lots of people who have advanced degrees and are sharp and intelligent, but do not have wisdom. The truth of the matter is that religiosity, having a relationship with God, does not automatically equate wisdom. There are plenty of people who know Jesus but do not know wisdom. And so all these things are not, do not equate wisdom, but what we're invited to do in this passage is to search for it. The more we grow in relationship with God, the truth is we are to grow in wisdom navigating a very complicated and very complex world, and yet the older we get, the sad reality is we don't become necessarily wiser. I think about a very uh, wonderful uh, excerpt from Emotionally Healthy Spirituality from Pastor Pete's book where he talks about a new lifer who attended back in the day, and this is what he said. He said, I was a Christian for 22 years, but instead of being a 22-year-old Christian... I was a one-year-old Christian 22 times. I just kept doing the same things over and over and over again. And sadly, many of us can relate to this quote. We know what it's like to be a a one-year-old Christian 22 times. And yet we're invited to grow in wisdom. Now, what is wisdom? It's a good question. What is wisdom? And I've tried to uh, succinctly uh, express what wisdom is. Wisdom, very simply, is knowledge applied skillfully in a timely manner and for the good of ourselves and others. It's knowledge that's applied skillfully, timely, and for the good of ourselves and the good of others. And what we find in the book of Proverbs is that wisdom is about the prayerful, and patient approach to decision-making that honors and reverences God, that helps ourselves and others to flourish by giving careful thought to the implications of our decisions. That's a life that's lived wisely. And in the book of Proverbs, what we find out, especially in the first couple of chapters, is that the wise are those who search for wisdom. Fools try to figure out, figure it out on their own. And so today we learn about the wisdom of searching 
for wisdom. And the question that before we even look at this text that I want you to be thinking about very simply is this. Where do you need wisdom? Where do you need God's wisdom for your life as 2022 begins? And the fact of the matter is we all need wisdom. We need wisdom about how to best manage our money. We need wisdom about how to parent our children in a rapidly changing world around sexuality. We need wisdom in a pandemic as to whether we should gather or whether we should do this stuff virtually. We need uh, wisdom to discern the limits that we are to embrace and the limits that are meant to be transcended. We need wisdom as we consider retirement. Wisdom as we consider which college to attend. Wisdom as we consider, should this relationship stay or should we move on? Uh, Wisdom as it pertains to where we live. Should we stay in the neighborhood we're in or should we move someplace altogether different? We need wisdom and the Proverbs are here to help. Here are these words again from Proverbs. My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. The book of Proverbs is divided really in two sections. There's an introduction and then there's the actual Proverbs. Proverbs 1 through 9 serve as the introduction. It tells us what Proverbs are. And if I could define what Proverbs are, which is really important, I'll say it this way. Proverbs are not universal promises, but principles that have been tested over time And summarize to help people navigate wisely through life. This is a really important theological truth to understand. Proverbs are not universal promises. Why? Because there are plenty of proverbs that we know are not necessarily always true to our experience. One of the proverbs says, When a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies at peace with him. Well, that's a good proverb. It's a wonderful proverb. It's a generally true principle. But no person pleased the Lord more than Jesus. And yet he was crucified. Proverbs are not promises. And in the coming weeks, I, hopefully our preaching team can offer you some resources to discern how do we read the Proverbs. But Proverbs are principles that have been tested and summarized to help people navigate wisely through life. And at the beginning of Proverbs, what we find is language of urgency. That's what I want to emphasize today. The urgency that we all need, the urgency that God has for us to search for wisdom. The beginning of Proverbs is this father's urgent counsel to his son. And when we think about the words that we just read, these are God's words to you today. God is urgently looking at you, his daughters, looking at his sons and saying, I want you to search urgently for wisdom. Why? Because wisdom is crying out in the streets. And at the same time, we are called to search for it. This is the paradox of Proverbs. It's crying out. It's available. But you're only going to find it if you search for it. 
And this is what we find, this escalation, this progression, just in these five verses. Look at the escalation in these Proverbs. My son, if you accept my words, listen to these words, store the words. If you call, if you cry aloud, if you search for it, there's just this progression that I want you to live wisely. This is God's word to you. I want you to live with wisdom. But it's not just going to come automatically. You're going to have to search for it. And that is the biggest point that I think this proverb writer is trying to make. Wisdom is not automatic for us. Wisdom is not our default setting. We never get to wisdom by just drifting. We don't automatically become wise parents. We don't automatically become wise managers of our money. We don't automatically become uh, wise in our relationships. Why? Foolishness is automatic. Wisdom is hard-earned. Foolishness is our default setting. Why? Because we live in a world that's marked by sin. And sin is not just the bad things that we do. Sin is a power that keeps us looking inward in a very destructive way. St. Augustine said that the word sin is in curvatus in se. It's to, to, be, to be marked by sin is to be curved in on oneself. Where we're no longer looking at God. We're no longer looking at the community around us for wisdom. We're simply looking at ourselves. And what we find is when we're doing that, foolishness becomes the default setting of our lives, not wisdom. And yet, we are invited to search. And so here are the questions. Where do you need wisdom in your life? And secondly, are you searching urgently? I think about images of searching urgently uh, a few years ago. Uh, Rosie and I, we purchased a car, and the dealer gave us uh, three sets of keys. One for me, one for Rosie, and uh, another one in the event we lost the other two keys. And so I remember about a year went by, and I couldn't find one of the keys that I typically had. And I searched for maybe five, ten minutes around uh, the house and couldn't find it and thought, all good. I got my second key. And so I got my second key and, you know, another six months, seven months went by and I was just fine. And then I couldn't find that second key. And so I looked for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, couldn't find it and said, all good. There's another key. Let's not worry about it. And so I had the third key. And the third key, another maybe three months, four months later or so, I am with a bunch of new lifers. We're playing a basketball game in Chinatown. And after I finish the game, I go back to my car, it's dark, it's Manhattan, and I realize I cannot find my key. And so that's the last key. If I don't find this key, I cannot drive home. If I don't find this key, Rosie's not letting me inside the home. Why? Because it's probably me who's been losing all the keys. If I don't find this key, I am in big trouble. And what did I do? I wasn't searching for five minutes. I wasn't searching for 10 minutes. I was searching for over an hour, retracing my steps, flashlight on the ground, crawling on the New York City streets. Frank Favilla was with me, one of our new lifers. He could attest to it. He was searching with me. And after an hour of searching, I finally found the key right by the cars, on the sidewalk there, right in the street there. I don't know why I didn't look there in the first place, but I found it. I drove home. I got home. Rosie was still mad at me because there was only one key remaining, but I searched for it. That's the image that God has for us. Where do you need wisdom? 
Are you really searching for it? And so the first nine chapters in the book of Proverbs is God's plea to his people saying, get help. Don't make decisions on your own. Search for another perspective. Trust in God. And the reason for this is that the Proverbs are not simply about getting wisdom so that we can live a better, more cozy, comfortable life. The reason we need to grow in wisdom is because this is a matter of life and death. This is not just about making my life a little more comfortable. Wisdom and foolishness is really about life and death. And sadly, many of us make decisions that lead us to suffer needlessly. You got into a relationship that everyone knew was bad. And you said, no, I'm not searching for any wisdom from anyone else. I know what I want. And perhaps you've been suffering needlessly. You made a quick financial decision without getting any kind of outside counsel. And years later, you're still trying to figure it out. You overcommitted yourself to something because you did not think about the implications of these decisions. And this has impacted your body and your relationship. Proverbs is letting us know, don't suffer needlessly. And the ways we we avoid suffering needlessly is by searching for wisdom. Now, here's the ironic thing about our culture. We live in a culture that is now defined and identified by searching. It's a searching culture. Think about the number of Google searches per day. The average number of Google searches per day, per second, is 2.3 million. 2.3 million searches per second. The total monthly desktop searches per month are 11 billion. The number of unique Google searches per month is 1.17 billion. We are a generation that knows how to search for information, but we're not a generation that knows how to search for wisdom. This is the great irony of our day. We have more information than we've ever had before, and yet it could be argued that so many of us Lacked so much wisdom. How is it possible to have all this information but not have wisdom? This is what I want to explore and what we're going to explore over the next few weeks. Why is it that we have access to information but not live deeply from a place of wisdom? When I think about the obstacles to wisdom, the obstacle towards a a, a wise, skillful life, there are at least three obstacles that come to mind. The first obstacle against wisdom that comes to mind very simply is a too full life, a life that is just too full. The sad reality of our lives is that we don't even know the wisdom that we need because we're always on autopilot. We're always reacting to what's happening in our given day that we never take the time to actually assess where do I need wisdom? And so before we even can search for it, we need to know what we need wisdom for. And yet the challenge of our day is we have not slowed down our lives enough to even assess where we need wisdom. 
Which is why at the beginning of the new year, what a great opportunity for us to slow down our lives. What an opportunity we have to reassess what matters, to reassess our values, to reassess our priorities, to reassess what does God want me to pay attention to most. But the reality is, we often have a too full life. In order to search for wisdom means that we must begin to say no to certain things so as to create margin and space. Last week as we ended our, our year, I, I offered four questions to help us discern. And in giving us about 12 minutes of silence to reflect, I was trying to create space for us because I know your life is so very full And yet, the fullness of your life is what's often keeping you from growing in wisdom and keeping me from growing in wisdom. And so we have an opportunity, brothers and sisters, to reassess our schedules, to reassess the use of our time, to reassess what priorities and values matter most to us. But we have a two-fold life. The second obstacle of searching for wisdom is very simply pride. If I could just call it that way, pride. We don't search for wisdom often because of pride. We like to believe that we are self-sufficient. We like to believe that we are adequate within our own selves. And because of this way of projecting out to the world that I'm sufficient, that I'm adequate, I just don't want to search for wisdom. I want to be the person who generates ideas. I want to be the person who is sufficient in myself. And it's pride that keeps us from searching for wisdom. When I became the pastor at New Life, uh, for the first couple of years, Pastor Pete was uh, very engaged uh, in the week-to-week, and I I was in conversations with him. But I remember this, this resistance I had to asking him for perspective. And the reason that I had resistance to asking him for perspective was because I wanted, I was a new leader, I was a younger leader, I wanted to prove to myself and to others that I had what it takes, that I could figure this stuff out myself. And so I would not go to Pastor Pete a number of times to ask for wisdom because, you know what, he's going to give me advice and it's probably going to be really good advice and then I'm going to feel bad about myself that I didn't come up with that idea. Now here's the thing, no one would know about it except him. And yet what kept me from searching for wisdom often was I wanted to let the world know around me, or at least let myself know, that I could do this thing myself. Can I tell you the challenges of leadership, the problems, the mistakes in leadership that I made unnecessarily, simply because I was too proud to ask for help? Our pride becomes a major obstacle to searching for wisdom. And then thirdly, what keeps us from searching for wisdom is shame. Shame. To ask for wisdom, to search for wisdom, reminds us over and over again that we don't have our act together. It reminds us there there are some deficiencies in our lives, some gaps that we need help with and support with. And to begin to acknowledge, especially to others, our weaknesses, our blind spots, our inadequacies, can bring up a lot of shame in our lives. I know this 
deeply personally. Early in our marriage, when Rosie and I got married, we made a few decisions financially that led us in a financial hole of consumer debt. And I remember having conversations with Rosie at our monthly finance meetings and looking at uh, the, the challenges that we were in and how to dig ourselves out of this hole. And Rosie would say, we need to see a financial advisor. We need to get some help. And there would be so much resistance in me. I knew I did not know the answers. I knew I needed help outside of myself. But there was something internally just resistant, and it was shame. Because to sit now with a financial advisor meant that I had to bear myself and say, these are the decisions that I've made with money. These are, this is the hole that I'm in. And the fact that I was going to now be so vulnerable with someone and expose myself was almost too much for me to bear. Thankfully, I listened to my wife in this process. And in the process of being honest with where we were financially, being honest of where we were with credit card debt and such, we opened ourselves to a wisdom outside of ourselves and accelerated the financial health that we enjoy today. Why? Because by God's grace, my shame did not become the ultimate barrier and obstacle that stood in the way of searching for wisdom. I wonder what shame are you holding today? And how is God trying to get your attention to not allow it to keep you from searching for wisdom? Which is why in order to talk about wisdom, we also have to talk about the gospel. We have to talk about the message of Christianity if we're going to grow in this. Again, the lack of searching for wisdom is a twofold life, pride, and shame. And what the gospel does is it addresses these issues to the core. The gospel very simply is the message that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if Jesus Christ is Lord, if that's the truth, that means I am not. If Christ is the all-sufficient one, that means I am not sufficient except in him. If Christ is all-powerful, it means that I am not all-powerful. The quicker I can acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and no one else is the point that I can fully embrace my weaknesses and throw myself at the mercy of his lordship. And say, Lord, I need help. The gospel heals then our sense of shame. The gospel transforms the deep pride that lives within us. As we say, Christ is Lord, not me. Therefore, I'm going to throw myself at his mercy. No longer do I need to live a false self. Projecting it out to the world that I'm I'm stronger than I truly am that I know more than I truly do, that I am adequate when the truth is I'm not. The gospel frees us to be people who search for wisdom. The wise search out wisdom. Fools try to figure figure it out on their own. The question then is, in light of this good news of the gospel, you're loved, you are, mercy's poured out on you, you're rescued, even though you have great weaknesses, God loves you with an everlasting love. What is this to produce in us? Well, minimally, it's to produce in us this impulse to search for wisdom. And there are three sources of wisdom that I just want to focus on before we 
receive communion together. Three sources of wisdom. They all start with the letter P. How nice. First is in prayer. To discern and to search for wisdom must begin in a place with God in prayer. Now here's the thing that I know about Christians. It is a popular cliche for Christians to regularly say, let me pray about it. Let me pray about it. Christians are notorious for using prayer language about discerning life's decisions. But what I think is often at work when we say, let me pray about it, is this. It's often the case, I'm not saying all the time, but it's often the case that when someone says, let me pray about it, it's their way of nicely letting someone know, I really don't want to do it, uh, but I want to pray about it to give you the, the sense that I actually am thinking about this. And so it gives me time to delay a decision that I already know I don't want to do. Come on, say amen in the chat section, somebody. And so, and, and so I, I'm going to be pray about it. When in fact, you know, I'm not going to do that. You crazy? When I talk about prayer, I'm not talking about let me pray about it. What we often think about prayer is we often think at God. That's not prayer. What I'm talking about prayer is opening myself to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit through a prolonged sense of silence, meditation, and reflection. That's prayer. When there is this slow and prolonged time of opening myself up to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit through reflection, through contemplation, that is prayer. And my hope is that as the people of God, as we start off a new year, that God would give us space. The, the response to a toolful life is a life of prayer, a life of slowing down to be with God, opening ourselves up to God's wisdom. The second source of wisdom is, is the scriptures. And, and this is why for every day in January, we're going to be reading a proverb together and studying a proverb together and meditating on a proverb together because we need the holy scriptures to lead us into wisdom. Here is a, a, a remarkable source of so much wisdom. When we look at the life of Jesus, when we look at the Proverbs, when we look at the teachings of Paul, so much wisdom to be found. And my hope is that in 2022, you are searching for wisdom in the Scriptures. You are allowing God's holy word to speak to you, to give you discernment, to help you in the way that you should go. But the third source is in wise people. One of my regular annual just acts of personal development and discipleship is searching out for people that I know I can learn from. Sometimes I read books and the books bless me so much that I reach out to people. I send them emails and say, hey, I read your book. You blessed me. Can I get an hour with you? And they say, no. And I go, all right, I'll find another book then. And, and, and then I ask the same question. But for me, it's a regular process where I'm asking, I need help. And one of the things that I've learned as a pastor over almost a decade being the lead pastor at New Life is I need so much help to lead this community. If I tell you all the relationships that I have in a given month of people who are helping me to grow in wisdom, people who are helping me to make good decisions, people who are helping me to discern, should I go this way or should I go that way? I know I, I need all the help in the world and you do as well. 
We all do. We need wisdom in the counsel of others. And this is why it's such a gift to be part of a community, a church community, where there are plenty of people who have suffered, plenty of people who have grown in wisdom, who are available to pour out what they've learned so that we don't have to needlessly suffer, but actually live a skillful life. Before we take communion, I wonder, where do you need wisdom? What is causing anxiety in you? Where are you frustrated? Where are you at your wit's end? Where do you need wisdom? And as the Father spoke to the Son in the book of Proverbs, God is speaking to you right now. God is saying, search for it. Some of you watching right now, you're trying to figure out, how do I parent in this generation? Search for it. Some of you are trying to figure out, how do I steward my money in a world of great consumerism? Search for it. How do I grow in wisdom in my marriage? Search for it. How do I make decisions that honor God? Search for it. My hope is that we would be so filled with an urgency to live wisely that we would search for it. Where do you need wisdom? Here's the beautiful thing about the gospel as we prepare to take communion. Even in our foolishness, God's mercy is new for us every single morning. We come to, commun- to the table of communion being reminded of God's grace and mercy and love. Some of you right now, you're listening and you're thinking, I've made some foolish decisions in 2021. What would God want anything to do with me? And yet, here's the beautiful message of Christianity. Even in our foolishness, nothing can stop God's love from coming to you. And it is God's love that is to lead us into greater acts of wisdom, greater decisions of wisdom, which is why I don't know of a better way to end our gathering than to receive communion together. We come to the table knowing that we have been fools from time to time. And we come to the table knowing this, God loves fools. And God wants to transform fools into wise people. Where do you need wisdom? Where have you made decisions that have led to unnecessary pain? I want to give you about 30, 40 seconds or so to begin to cry out, Lord, I need wisdom here. And then we'll pray a prayer of confession together. Let's pray this prayer of confession together. We pray it 
to be reminded that from time to time, we make foolish decisions. All of us are in need of the grace of God. Here's the thing. To live a wise life is not to live a perfect life. It's to live a life that keeps coming back to God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That is a wise life. So let's pray this prayer of confession together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and our neighbor through our own fault, in thought, in word, in deed, in what we have done, in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's the people of God forgiven by the broken body of Jesus Christ. Let's all receive together. same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns as the people of God forgiven by the poured out blood of our Lord Jesus Christ it's all received together Lord, we thank you for the gifts of the bread and the cup that reminds us over and over again that you love everyone, the wise and the fools, that you long for the fools to become wise. May you lead us to be people who are not marked by shame, not marked by pride, not marked by a busy, too full life. May we be people who are marked by prayer, people who are marked by worship, people who search out the scriptures and search out others. May we be a community that grows in wisdom. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service, I want to let you know that uh, at the end of our service, we have a sermon discussion time. And one of our pastors will be facilitating this conversation. It's about 30 minutes of conversation. You can find the link on uh, the page there, whether it's our newlife.nyc, Facebook, or YouTube. Feel free to click on that link. Have a good 30-minute conversation or so 
with one of our pastors on how this message is impacting your life today. I also want to say, I imagine some of you watching right now, you want to start off your year differently. And maybe in 2021, you heard about Jesus in a fresh way and you were invited to follow him, but you never said yes. I want to invite you today to say yes to Jesus, to begin a journey of following him, to surrender your life to him. I surrendered my life to Christ some uh, 23 years ago, and my life has been deepened and forgiven, and I've received so much joy in life because of this relationship forgiveness of sins and you can receive all of that and more as well if something's stirring in your soul today as you've been watching this something stirring in your soul even in previous days to this and you want to take the next step text that yes to jesus that phrase that number on the screen is 718-424-0122 718-424-0122 and one of our pastors would love to follow up with you and help you to take the next step in your journey with Christ. As we close our service, I want to invite you wherever you're at, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your car, uh, to open your hands. If you're driving, don't open your hands in this way. But if you're parked, open your hands in this way. I want to offer a word of blessing to you. We begin the year with blessing. We end our gathering with blessing because the world is filled with so much cursing. And we want to be people who receive the blessing of God and offer it to others. And so with your hands in your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, searching for wisdom. May the Holy Spirit help you identify where you need great wisdom. And may, by the grace of God, may you pursue it and search for it, living skillfully, wisely, for the blessing of others, for the blessing of yourself, for the glory of God. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the wise name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace to you, friends. See you next week.